0: Through the intro yeah. Yeah. instead of just adding it in after the fact. Um, welcome back. It's all high tech now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the intro just actually went through this new was it a road pro two, a roadcaster pro two. So um we have the intro and outro come in live now. Yeah. We're uh we're joined by a guest today. Yeah, say hello. Hey, guys. Thanks the for having me. Distinguished Walter Peters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and wait, wait. Oh, I think I took it off. <laughs> oh, there's some sound effects? There is, yeah, an <laughs> nice. applause sound effect. I reassigned it. Um, before we get into it, we want to thank our sponsor, Hayfla. Hafla offers a wide range of products and solutions for the woodworking and furniture making industries, from hinges and drawer slides to connectors and dowels, sandpaper, wood glue, shop carts, and everything in between. Exclusive product lines such as looks LED lighting and slido door hardware. Ensure that every project you create is built to last. Learn more at Hafla.com. Okay. And actually we were supposed to have we were supposed to have Ed on this week uh, from Hafla, but he had a last minute uh, business trip. So he's going to be here next week. Yeah. Well, luckily we got Walter. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It's a little weird, uh, live monitoring. <laughs> Is This the first time
1: you've used headphones while recording.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've done it like when I've been on other podcasts, but, but typically that's like on a, a zoom call. Yeah. Um, I, I think, did we try it once? I don't remember. I think we may have. Um, at whatever we were using, there was like a ton of latency. Huh. Th- this there's like seems to be a a little bit, uh, but nothing crazy. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, yeah. I think um, there's there's probably settings, you know, with this uh, monitoring down here to make it sound better. Oh, I guess I guess what you want to do is turn your own. You don't want to monitor yourself, mm. but you want to monitor the other people. Well, then you're gonna be muted. You're gonna have this muted feel
2: when you talk because yeah, that's true. Yeah, you got these headphones on. So yeah. you guys only
1: record locally, right? You never do like a virtual guest or anything. Mm,
0: no. no, it just uh, I don't know. It it um, it's just not the same. I feel like yeah, you know, the conversation it's not as natural mm-hmm. when uh, when it's through the computer. Yeah, I can see that. There's yeah. all those nonverbal cues and stuff that you miss. and Yep. So, yeah, we've been guests
2: virtually on other people's podcasts. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's always a
2: little bit, uh, not stiff, but it's stiffer than, yeah. than live in the same room. Yeah, I agree.
0: Um, so, yeah, what do you want to talk about? Um, anything, really. Well, let's give uh, everybody a little introduction uh, to Walter. Yeah, so um you know if you know John Peters who's been on the podcast is it three times now I think. Yeah, I think he's a triple star, triple threat. Uh only one to be on three times. Um John is Walter's father and Walter is John's son. There you go.
2: It's funny <laughs> how that works out.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I met you guys for the first time at Makers Camp by 2021, maybe
2: 22.
1: Uh, It's two years ago, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We might have bumped into one another at the house, at your house.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Actually, you know, it's funny. I I filmed a live stream event or worked on it as a camera operator mm-hmm. and you were playing in it and I didn't put it together till like a year later or
0: something. <laughs> we Star Productions. Oh, oh, that thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I watched that uh, <laughs> yeah. that live stream. That was, yeah, <laughs> it
0: was like the height of COVID, right? Yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah. you worked on that?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was that was like uh, when I first kind of got into video.
0: It was probably two and a half years ago. That's funny. Yeah. It's a small world sometimes, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> Yeah, I had to unsubscribe from that guy's email list because it was just like nonstop. Yeah, I do that all the time. You know, you're like,
2: you like you show a little interest, and the next thing you know, you're just bombarded yeah. with yeah. peripheral stuff.
0: It's Like, listen, I was in this in in it because I knew one person that was you know doing something. Yeah, yeah. that was the extent of my interest. Now stop. Yeah, please.
2: Uh, so, um, tell us about where you work and everything.
1: Yeah, so I work now at a, I work now at a CNC shop down the street. Um, it's funny, I I used to be, still am, like, but I used to be primarily a, a big video and photo person, and slowly over the probably the last year, year and a half, I've kind of done a complete 180, and I've gotten more into woodworking and really uh, like digital fabrication.
2: That's cool. And yeah. I mean, you can get your fill of it over at Timber. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, that's been really cool because uh, you know I've, it's a lot of uh, good experience. I've, I've done a lot of fabrication work there, but uh, machine operating, and now I, now recently, more recently, I've been kind of more behind the computer and doing more Fusion three hundred and sixty stuff and learning that,
0: which has been really cool. Nice. Jeff's the master at Fusion. Wow. The master of this domain <laughs> it uh fusion's cool it's one of those things where it's so deep that you know there's things that you could be proficient at doing one thing and then you know you get into like the mesh design or something and it's like i have no clue
1: yeah um, yeah like i've learned a ton in the last probably month in fusion but i i have I barely scratch the surface mm-hmm. of you yeah, know, what you could yeah, really like,
2: do. Like Jeff says, it's super deep. Have Have you done any of like um, the modeling where it it, it sort of tests um, uh, a fabrication, like you put a weight on it or stress on it or movement? No, I see. I didn't even know that was a thing.
0: Yeah, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> I've I've like uh, looked into it, just like inside the program, and it's. I couldn't figure it out.
1: Yeah. So I, the thing that's cool about it is like, I'll do pretty, I get like it's pretty basic stuff, but I'll do some of the layout work. And then, um, in the same program, it, it, you know, it goes from CAD, which is computer aided design to cam. So you do all your manufacturing and you, you know, all the information for the CNC and the tools and the tool pathing all comes from there. And then even the, uh, the drawings are created, you know, in Fusion, which Mm -hmm. is wild. So it's it's a powerful thing for sure.
0: Yeah, I like the ability to um, just to make like the shop drawings right from Fusion. Yeah, that's
1: been huge too because usually like I'll work at outside of work when I'm working at home in my my dad's shop, I'll bring my laptop out to the shop, which is always kind of a nightmare because you have to worry about it and whatnot. So knowing that now I'll probably just print, drawings from fusion which would mm. be
0: cool mm-hmm. yeah we use that a lot yeah um I'm I mean I'm used to working off of like a physical drawing like that um you know like when we were working at Tom's shop um so it's kind of been you know some of the natural to. progression yeah 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 being able to because I mean with SketchUp we used to like uh you could pull measurements and stuff and take a screenshot, but it's not the same. as No, like a, you got to keep going back to the drawing. Yeah. Like,
2: how big is that piece? Mm-hmm. And then you measure it. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't done much with SketchUp, but
1: yeah, I've been working off of drawings now, but like, you know, for the last maybe year, maybe a couple months, I've been working off of drawings. But before, I was all just like, you know, little, all mental and kind of uh, like simple sketches on paper so it's cool to, to to learn all that and to to have that you know going into projects
2: well, are you doing anything specifically for timber like are you drawing their stuff i'm helping out with drawings now yeah, yeah. um
1: which is it's neat it's uh, it's really cool to learn that kind of stuff
0: what uh what are you guys working on over there are you allowed to talk about it probably not yeah. um
1: I'm I'm just like careful with that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You guys do some crazy stuff. I, I, I know a lot of it involves NDAs and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I mean, we've seen stuff over there when we go over to visit. That's like that. The thing you guys just did. Well,
1: that I think you can because that's been posted and talked about. The in yeah know. that
0: big retail yeah um, for Kith was like fifty something foot.
1: Yeah, that Pinch. was, that was wild. I was, uh, we just like kind of wrapped that up, which is cool. But, uh, yeah, there are huge, like, uh, curved cabinets, mm-hmm. which is funny. Cause I, before I started working there, I'd, I'd, I'd like worked at a cabinet shop for three months and had pretty much built the same cabinets every week
0: for three <laughs> months. And then
1: walked in there and <laughs> <Woo-hoo! it> was, <laughs> base 36,
0: base 24.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So walking in there and seeing that, I was like, wow, this is pretty insane.
0: Yeah, we were there. Um, must many, have been how many months now? That
1: was, was right before account. you started. No, I think I saw you guys in there when you went to bo- borrow some like forklift stuff or whatever. Yeah, oh, we yeah. we yeah.
0: Uh, we were like, there like a little bit before that. Um, I think it, we were asking. That's when we went to ask if we could borrow the, mm-hmm. and then we ended up coming back. Um, and yeah, they were they were starting to stack laminate the pieces of oak, and then. Uh, it's just crazy how much material went into that too.
1: Yeah, that was cool. That was where I really learned how to like mill properly. Cause mm-hmm. it was like a lot of milling. Um, it was cool. A lot of hardwood. Uh, I hope it comes. I hope we get another
0: job like that in the future. Yeah. Yeah. We saw the, um, the scrap pile. got a text <laughs> from, uh, the man, the shop manager over there. Uh, there there were some tempting looking boards in there but we just we're not we're not at the point right now no where we can uh take the time to dig through a scrap pile but
1: yeah and it's pretty easy to grab a lot of stuff and then it sits for a while you know
0: oh yeah yeah i mean we we're the scrap givers not the scrap takers we can't <laughs> we can't start doing it the other way yeah, yeah we run, we run out of room really quick yeah yeah we just got rid of um what do we give Keith like four or five pails full of stuff I yeah, we filled the whole jeep, yeah back you know the back seat, the back of it, everything
1: what do you consider like uh like what do you completely discard as unusable
0: um if it's like a piece of you know everything we get in is is random width, so if it's i mean what would you say length two feet, yeah. Uh, It also depends on the piece, you know.
2: Yeah, a lot of times there'll be these one foot chunks that get cut off and there's like a knot in it or something that that made it a defect, we'll call
0: it, that couldn't go into the finished work. Yeah, Mm -hmm. a four inch long check at the end of the board. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's mostly the ends of the boards. Yeah. Because we'll get sevens or nines or, or tens, twelves, whatever, and... Just the way it always breaks out. It's like there's always like a piece left over. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we lay out the project, we try and be as economical as possible. Yeah. yeah.
2: But you never know like how long the boards are going to be exactly and how close to the end you can cut. And then depending on the project, you might have like an 18 inch piece off 10 boards. Yeah. Especially (laughs) if you're trying to match grain
0: and color. (laughs) Yep. Um,
2: and what do you do with them next? You save them for a little bit and then you give them away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like if we are, if we're doing glue ups um, and you want to use one board and fold it for one glue up so that you get, you know, good continuity, mm-hmm. you might end up, you know, we've done it before where we're doing slab doors, solid slab doors on a project and we need 10 doors. So it's like, like you said, there's 10 cutoffs that are <laughs> yeah. three feet long because that's just how mathematically it worked out.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you save it and hope that you can use it again. But uh, it's hard, I mean, to work that because the next job comes along in that species yep. and you buy all new. You know, yeah. so the only reason you'd get that is if you, would you know,
0: somehow it was like a, a really beautiful piece and you worked it in. or Yeah. But, it, you know, it's nice to have it there when you run short and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, we got that four-foot piece of white yeah. there. Yeah. Um, I like to always have one extra piece so I can do all my, like, test cuts and everything on it, too. sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have, like, the premium scrap pile. And then there's the, like, <laughs> fire scrap F- pile, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, every board, you know, if the end is good, you cut an inch off. And then so you have all these... Ten inch <laughs> long by one inch by one inch yeah. pieces that have wax on the end, you know. Yep. Um, and then you you mill everything oversized, so like when you're making doors, all your rails and styles are long. So then you get to the the table saw and you start cross cutting, and you have all these little chunks. Of, yeah, you know, another two cut an inch off this side, an inch <laughs> off that side. So yeah, it's a lot of a lot of just straight firewood. Um, but we had those 550 frames that came off the laser. Oh, yeah. Because it's like a three-eighths inch border that gets left. And, uh, man, they piled up so <laughs> fast. So how do you... That's all solid cherry, right? Yeah, Ch- uh, cherry and walnut. So
1: what's the piece of stock look like when it goes on the uh, the laser?
0: It's four by 30 by three-eighths.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: So you you j- you just take a day and, like cut all that. Ah. Oh no, that would take way more than <laughs> yeah. a day. We bought it like that. Oh really? That makes sense. Yeah. So there's a, a company, uh, Oak Hardwoods in, um, in Wisconsin, Wisconsin. And, uh, Matt from first two has actually been, uh, buying stuff from there. Oh, Nice. But, um, that's just like a, when I was pricing the job, I wanted to just get an idea of, of like unit cost. And I found their website and, um, when we got the job, ended up going to them for the material because we were talking about it and we, we tried to price it with our local company and he referred us to somebody else and Okucha's way cheaper. Um, and the quality has been good. Yeah. It comes nicely wrapped and sized and yeah, nice. Very few pieces have any kind of, you know, none on this, this yeah. batch was better than the last. I mean, it's half the size. So, yeah. um, half as many opportunities to screw up, but. And you got to imagine 500 some
2: odd pieces. I mean, that's, that's.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good job. And this all came UPS. So literally 12 boxes showed up that were 30, 30 by 24 by five or whatever. Yeah. Whatever the limit was
2: probably. Yeah,
0: (laughs) And they were heavy. (laughs) Luckily we know the UPS guy. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, so we had all those frames, we filled up, uh, I don't think Ed, did Ed take any of those frames? Because Ed uh, took a lot of stuff too. Yeah, I don't think he did. No. He was, he was hunting for the Boy
2: Scout stuff. He yeah. He was doing yeah. the plaques. hmm Yeah, so, and, so what else you do in the world out there, Walter? Um... I do a lot of, I used to do a lot
1: of video and photo stuff. I know I mentioned that, but really I just, uh, I'm pretty bad at like doing, like having a balance of things that I do. So I'll I'll usually get into something and then it's like, it's all I do for a while. So (laughs) for the last, you know, um, couple of months I've been, you know, going to work and doing that and then coming home and, and, uh, usually just doing deep dives on, something like fusion or, or designing a project or maybe working on a project. I play a little music on the side.
2: Um, what still, instrument?
1: Uh, mainly guitar, but in the band I play and I play bass.
2: And is your brother, what does he do?
1: My older brother, he like frontmans and sings and uh, plays he, rhythm. He plays rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> Would that have been your job? Yeah, I think so. I, it's funny. <laughs> I like uh, when I was, when I was still in school, I've, I went into this pawn shop and bought this, this like really crappy bass for like a hundred bucks. And um, two months later, the the band formed and they were like,
2: well, you just bought that bass. <laughs> Here you go. You're the bass player. Yeah. yeah. I, st- I still have, I played bass for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the bass that I hung on to is actually a pawn shop bass. Yeah. Yeah. So I still mm-hmm. got, I think I paid 200 bucks for it. It's an Ibanez.
1: Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I used to be
2: like bummed out
1: about it, but now it's it's nice because it's it's not a lot of pressure playing bass, especially if you're not singing.
0: (laughs) I just look at it that way. (laughs) No pressure gig. (laughs) I saw a, I don't know if it was from a movie or something, but it was like uh, these two guys show back up to this, you know, they're a band, they show up to the house and and the bass player wrote a song and they're like, Oh, you wrote a song. They're like, we're going to put it on the fridge. And I treat him like a kid. It was hilarious. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh man. What kind of amp you got? Uh,
1: An orange bass amp. I oh. I don't actually own a bass amp. I, I borrow a, a bass amp. It's uh it's an orange. I don't know what the speaker size is or anything, but it's, it's pretty nice. And I play out of a, uh, an orange 35 RT like kind of practice amp uh-huh. for guitar. That's something I would, I would like really love to have a, uh, I would love to have like a real amp one day. It's funny. My, my parents and are gone with my sister on vacation somewhere. So I've been in the house by myself this week and I brought my amp up to the living room because it's <laughs> a big room and I've just uh-huh. been, uh, playing pretty loudly normally or more loudly than I normally do. And it's still, it just doesn't sound great. I, I would love to have like a nice amp one day.
0: Oh yeah. You still playing the, um, I wanted to say dual rectifier. I know it's not a dual rectifier. Uh, I have a little Mesa. M- Mesa boogie. Yeah. I have a transatlantic.
2: I have a Vox AC 30 and I have a Laney Lionheart. They're all EL84 tube amps. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't have a bass amp anymore.
1: That's for, so. That's I think that's what I'm gonna do for my next project. I have like a, it's like a 50 watt, 15 inch speaker combo kind of run of the mill bass amp that's mm-hmm. got a broken input jack. So I was looking at it the other day, and I think the next thing I'm gonna do is probably build a build a simple bass cabinet and just buy like a crappy head on Facebook or something. To see oh, i like. I'm
2: deep into uh bass. Cabinets. Yeah. Oh yeah. I had I was building all sorts of cabinets, you know, and experimenting with folded horn designs yep. and things like that. It, yeah, it seems like a cool
1: project. And it'd just be all plywood and maybe do some uh what do you call that? The um it's not leather, but it's a vinyl wrapper. Or- tolex. Yeah, Tolex. Yeah. Yeah. You That's should cool. check
2: out this stuff called um DuraTex. I think I've heard of that
1: on like some of the videos I've watched. Yeah, on it.
2: you you roll it on
0: with like a contact cement. No, no, it's oh, it's like a bed liner. Yeah, all it's kind of
2: al- it's almost it looks like Toll X when it's dry, mm-hmm. but you just roll it on. It's like this super thick textured paint. Huh? Hmm. Yeah, I have to look into that for sure. Yeah, I I use that on. I I got away from Toll X because it was too time consuming. Did you vent the back of the amp, or did you create like a... It all like depends a, on the yeah. design. You'll And once you get deeper into it, mm-hmm. certain speakers are made to be vented. Some are made to be, you know, direct firing. And then you get different performance characteristics based on the size of the cabinet, the volume, and the port, and the port size, and the port shape, and all this other stuff.
0: Yeah. I'll have to check that out for sure. Yeah, it sounds like something that you could get totally consumed. Yes. By. Yeah, it's it's one of those yeah. rabbit hole things. You gotta be careful. Mm-hmm.
2: And especially if you go on the internet, because it's like everything on the internet. Oh, yeah. There's all this fanboy stuff yeah. and all, and it's, once you get into something that involves science, then you get the geek element yeah. going.
1: <laughs> yeah, I fall into that trap all the time. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah that's like, if I want to like buy something, like, uh whatever some usually if i mean tools too but something outside of that it's like i start looking and then it's like the one i was gonna buy it's like well it has this and it that's not the best you know whatever and then it's totally it's horrible
2: it's real real easy to get sucked in there yeah
1: yeah i just did that with that track saw i was probably watching like track saw review videos for the last
0: year you know you're weighing the pros and cons like, well, if I just spend an extra thousand dollars, <laughs> yeah. it's not that. Yeah. I don't want to buy it. And then it, you know, then I don't yeah. like it because I didn't get the best one. Yeah. I'm
1: a real firm believer that if you're going to do something, especially for a while, or especially if it's going to make money, you just, you buy the best thing you can. Mm-hmm. And don't worry about it.
0: Yeah. And it's a safe bet. That's like, I was saying to Rob about this, um, uh, interface. So we, we, uh, f- at, at, in the beginning, we were using a um, the hell was it a, uh, a was it a Behringer mixer? I think it was a Mackie. Oh, it was a Mackie. Yeah, we're using this Mackie Pro. What was it Pro FX? Mm-hmm. And it worked pretty good. And then we had audio issues. Um, so we when I think it was when we moved into my basement with the podcast, mm-hmm. we switched over to USB mics, and they worked pretty good for a while, but. You could only use one USB microphone at a time technically so you had to create this like MIDI aggregate and it's like it's not the sound card can only recognize one and it's like you're kind of like tempting fate so whatever so we ended up we had issues again um, as you heard on Manny's episode while Willie's episode last week we were fine so I don't know what happened but mm-hmm. um, so I wanted to get an interface again and r- rather than just like Try and get something that's more affordable and risk it. I'm like, just get the safe bet. You know what I mean? Because the time you spend worrying and and dicking around with something cheaper, it, the, your money's just better spent.
1: Yeah, and it's like you know, at the end of the day, if if you decide tomorrow that you want to stop podcasting, you could sell that thing for probably eighty percent of its value or probably more.
2: Yeah, you know, and that's yeah.
1: what happens when you buy something good.
2: Right. It, it keeps its value
1: more yeah, than so you something can always, cheap. Yeah, get rid of it if you need to or.
0: Yeah, the microphones, we had the uh, Audio-Technica AT2020s, which is a good mic. Um, We sold those for, I think it was close to what we paid for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got a good deal when we bought them. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the microphone prices like went sky high. Oh, really? I guess with COVID and and whatever. um, Because it was like, right... So we bought, originally we bought, I think... uh, I think we just bought oh, three. i was gonna say two three because it was just the three of us um and then actually when your dad came on because he was the first guest so i we had to get another mic and so he was like episode seven or something that was the first guest between episode one and seven the price like doubled in the <laughs> microphone
1: wow yeah yeah are you uh you guys buy everything on reverb or
0: Uh, this was Amazon. These we got on Amazon. The AT2020s we got on eBay, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, they were like new, but just from a seller on eBay.
2: I get a lot of stuff on Reverb. I'm a big Reverb buyer and seller.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. There was, uh, I don't know if they, if it's a thing anymore, but there's a company called Retool. Have you guys heard of that at all? No. No. Um, it's it's small right now, but I think it's the same idea. You can sell That's tools. Reverb. Yeah.
0: I'll have to check it's, that out. The
1: interface looks pretty pretty similar too. Yeah. Just open that
2: up on my phone that way. Yeah. I used to be big... I I used to buy and sell pedals all the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I always have about 10 or 12 pedals and I'm cycling through like three or four usually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I used to always make like $10, $15 on every transaction, because I, when I wanted to pedal, I'd go on eBay or whatever and uh, hunt down the best deal I could get. And shockingly, I amassed so much money doing that, you know, just <laughs> yeah, <trading laughs> $10, up, $15 at mm-hmm. a time. You know, I, I wound up buying all kinds of extra gear, like all the amps I have, all that stuff was... Basically, self finance through buying and selling stuff.
1: Yeah, that's funny. That's the thing with guitar and pedals. You can get to a point where you're more into gear than actually playing guitar. Oh yeah, it's, it's I'm, I'm
2: borderline right yeah. there.
0: <laughs> well, that's like the you know hobbyist woodworker who's got you know a garage full of Festool and woodpeckers and yeah. stuff like that. But they only get out there right like a couple hours on the weekend. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: That's, well, that's what it is for me now, because mm-hmm. I used to play full-time, but now, I mean, play a couple hours a week, really. Most of the time, I get home, dinner, shower, little TV, and it's like, oh, hell, man, it's like 8.30. It's time for bed.
0: Especially <laughs> when you're yeah, doing the boxes and stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I'm exhausted. My Facebook marketplace for a while was flooded with guitar pedals because I'd be scrolling through. I'm like, oh, Rob, check it out. It's an Earthquaker, or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, and then I click on it. And then, you know, so now Facebook, not anymore, but yeah, they were they just think, feeding yeah. me guitar pedals.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, I just sold my first piece of furniture on Facebook marketplace. Yeah, yeah. I was going to
0: ask. I, the, your post uh, made it seem like it was already sold. I was going to ask you.
1: Yeah, so I just was like, I made this chair, uh, you know, probably this time last year. It was like the first piece of furniture I ever made. And I was just kind of kicking around my basement. And I kept bumping into it. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to get rid of this and throw it up on uh, Facebook. And it was it's it stayed up there for like three months. And then someone was like, would you, you know, sell it for this incredibly low number? And I was like, <laughs> sure. I hate the low Yeah, yeah, yeah that just I hate Facebook the, though.
0: Yeah. yeah. That was like that bench, you know, mm-hmm. we ended up selling it for, I don't even know. I don't even remember what the hell we sold it for.
2: Was it a thousand? Yeah, maybe.
0: It was like a third of like what we yeah, wanted yeah. to get for it. But it's yeah. like, you know.
2: After a while. Like you said,
0: you keep bumping into you it. You want the and space like, back.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: We have those two R2D2 tables in there. And we had a designer um, yeah. that we're working with come today. I'm like, listen, like. <laughs> Somebody to buy these tables. I'm like, yeah, we're gonna let them go for cheap. They were concept pieces, really. Yeah, proof, so guys, proof of
2: concept. Are they going up on marketplace or? Uh,
0: I don't know. I'm not, uh, I don't want to open myself up to yeah, that. Yeah, it's the headache. bottom of the barrel. Yeah. yeah.
1: But you know, it's funny. I know you guys did the, you guys sold the 3D printed stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you still do, right? A little bit.
0: Uh, yeah. Like, I. we have some stuff in inventory that.
1: Yeah. So I was super into that for like, Probably two months, two and a half months, and everything was uh, every like probably ninety five percent of my sales were all Facebook Marketplace. Hmm. It's actually great because they don't take they don't really take a crazy cut. They take Mm. their little transactional fee, but it's not like it's not like Reverb where you they yeah
2: Reverb didn't used to be like this yeah it used to be real low key. It was not a lot of resellers. It was more peer to peer stuff when it first started. Yep, and then. It, the big change came of course when etsy bought it. Oh, did they buy it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's yeah. etsy, yeah. Huh. Um, but it used to be real peer to peer, small transaction fee, none of this handling nonsense, no 1099s, none of the none of that.
1: Yeah, and that, that's funny. They I always get emails that are asking me for all that information on reverb. And oh
0: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> eBay got really bad too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I used to sell stuff on eBay all the time, just like little whatever, you clean out the house, and you're like, yeah. oh, I got this thing that I haven't touched in two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, eBay really became um, a buyer's market only. Mm-hmm. And the sellers were just, you know, thrown yeah. to the wayside.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, the Reverb has a little bit of that going on, too. Like, you know, the horror stories are mm-hmm. always in favor of uh, the buyer. You know, yeah. claiming that like, I just saw this wireless rig. Mm-hmm. Um, And I always get the label through Reverb, even though it's a little bit more expensive. Mm-hmm. I always get the $5 or whatever it is insurance in case yeah. something goes wrong thingy. And so instead of it being $10 to ship, it was $18 to ship. But that $8 is the best money you could spend on something. Yeah. The, yeah, the one you know, time it covered. You need it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because something like that, you know, it's a $250 sale. And then, you know, somebody will go, oh, I never
0: got it. Or this. Yeah, this. this is the worst. That's the thing about Facebook, like shipping on Facebook is like you don't get paid until the thing is confirmed delivered. Oh, man. So, like, I sold a couple and I don't know, maybe they changed it now, but like I sold a set of drills um, and they went out to California and it took like, it was like a month before I saw the money.
1: Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's what I want to ask you guys. Do you think that, um, impact drivers have a place in furniture making.
2: Oh
0: yeah. We,
1: <laughs> we use, use them. them
2: all the time. <laughs> yeah. Really? It's yeah. funny. I,
1: I, there's, I hear so many different takes on that. Like one of the guys I work with, he, he uses an impact driver for, for, you know, all things you would probably use an impact driver for. But when it comes to like fasteners or anything kind of delicate furniture wise, he's all about the drill. And I've seen a couple of people
0: say that too. Hmm. I bet I know who that is. Uh, <laughs> Rl, yeah. Um, uh, buddy John JCH Cabinets. He's like the same thing. He installing cabinets, no impact driver. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. Uh, it. I think it's just one of those things. It's like I've always done it that way. So that's the only real only real reason that I keep doing it that way. Um, because really, for for you know driving screws, a drill is better because you have the chuck, you know, the um, the clutch that you could set so mm-hmm. you don't overdrive your screws. Um, you know, the impact doesn't cam out as easy. I think that's probably the main reason. Um, and you also don't break your wrist when the, you know, when you seat the yeah. fastener. Because mm-hmm. with the drill, even if you have the chuck set, you know, there's that last little bit and it always, like, snaps your wrist. Yeah, yep.
2: I feel like you can. I mean, it's like every tool. The more you use it, the more you can feather it. The more you know it. I I never ran into a situation where I thought it was too aggressive or anything like that. Hmm. I think a lot of people don't like it because loud. Uh I kind of like
1: that though because it's kind of like a confirmation that it's it's in and it's you know it's solid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The drill. Yeah. You know, it doesn't <laughs> doesn't instill a lot of confidence when you yeah. when you put in the screw with a drill.
2: I mean, anywhere you're putting a screw, it's not like you're working fine furniture. Then I mean, that's not a, yeah, a that's super, true. yeah, fine element of that job.
0: If you're putting a screw in there, yeah.
2: I mean, well, <laughs> so yeah. that's why I don't
0: get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not uh, pairing tenons; we're running in screws. Yeah. So, um,
2: yeah, that was a pretty good uh, diversion into the pedal world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I'll, I'll say one more word on it. You know where I'm, I spend way too much time is on Reddit, on this subreddit called Let's Trade Pedals. Oh, is that where you can, uh, it's kind of like you. It's just peer yeah. to peer. You put up an ad. Hey, I have, uh, um, you know, an earthquake, a cloven hoof, a boss, you know, C two W, blah blah blah. Looking for, or just send me offers. And you know, it's all regulated with moderators, and based on how many trades you've made, you have these designations. Like, I I don't know. I must be like an expert trader or whatever, you know, because I've traded so many yeah. times. So you're you're more trusted. Is it like a closed kind of thing you have to get let into? Yeah. Well, yeah. you can. You have to join and then you can't do anything for i think 45 days. Yeah. Oh God. You're just going to lurk. So you have to stalk for 45 days.
0: My God.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's cool that there's
1: like uh there's like communities like that online. Yeah, though. Yeah. I just think that's interesting. So there
0: are
2: people that I've traded with a couple of times and you know okay. and anyway, it's the the thing is I spent way too much time looking at this
0: subreddit. Is that how you ended up with that speaker? Was it through that reddit? <laughs> um, which speaker? The, the, uh, oh, no,
2: no, no. That was through um Reverb. Yeah, that was through Reverb. Yeah, I got that special speaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of, uh, well, you know, it's the it's same thing with woodworking. Any kind of niche thing, you're going to have nerds. Yeah, no, I, I always fall I'm into that with into everything
1: it. I do. It's, it's funny. I got into woodworking then like a month later, I was, I was primarily watching more like tool videos than yeah. actually like project videos. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best part. But I think that's if you're like more of a, a gearhead type person, a collector, you just I kind guess. Of fall into that, you know?
0: Yeah, if you like the, the gizmosity gizmos- of tools and you know, it's like this, when I ordered it, then I'm on YouTube <laughs> watching all the videos about how to use it. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. It's just reviews and, um, it's just a personality thing. I, like people who are right. very specific about the way that they like to do things and, and the outcomes that they want to expect for whatever they're doing. Um, I mean, some people just don't care. They just, whatever.
1: Yeah. Like my, my dad's like that. He's funny. He, uh, I s I'll a lot of times I'll be working on a project and he'll be doing something. And he always, he like sands things outside with a DeWalt palm sander, <laughs> but he's, you know, he's got like two really nice sanders in there. I'm always like mind blown. That I'm like, how are you not using this <laughs> festival sander, this surf prop? It's funny. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, it is. Uh, now that you bring it up, it's a totally a personality yeah. thing. Yeah, cause uh-huh. when I wanted to get my wife said, just order your soup online, you know, cause I eat all this soup. You still doing that? Yeah. Nice. So I'm like online, you know, looking for soup. Oh, I wonder what other companies make soup. Oh my God. Maybe there's some flavors of soup I don't know about. Yeah.
0: Google what soup is better than Amy's <laughs> soup reviews 2023. Yes. <laughs> it's
2: it's an illness of sorts. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it's yeah it it could really you I get analysis paralysis yeah. because I I do this with everything. Yeah. Um yeah it's funny yeah, i I know that about Jeff that's for sure yeah that was like when we went uh to Dominican Republic, my wife and I for that wedding I'm looking up the <laughs> resort and you know trying what to, are we gonna do just try and get any information any information I could squeeze out of something about this place just yeah because
1: it's funny when i like i uh when it comes to traveling though i don't I don't do any of that stuff I usually like I just went to Nicaragua.
0: Two oh weeks really? Ago,
1: yeah, me and my uh two brothers, my and our friends, and uh they my two brothers are good at traveling and, and stuff, and I'm not that well uh informed when it comes to that stuff. So I was just like, Yeah, when tell me when the trip is and how much is it and blah blah blah. And I just walked into it blind. And when it comes to going someplace, I kinda like doing that, you know, because then you're just kind of thrown into it. Yeah, what was no Nicaragua like? It's pretty wild. We like uh we stayed in this uh it was this surf camp uh in like really rural Nicaragua. Um so we like landed in this city of Managua and then drove like four and a half hours into the just the countryside. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty mind blowing. It was the first time I had left the country and it was all like uh you know, like mud and stick homes kind mm-hmm. of and dirt roads and a lot of cattle and it was pretty it's always kinda of eye opening and to you know see that
2: see the developing world firsthand and up close yeah the perspective yeah. you know
0: mm-hmm. Nicaragua is uh, is that next to Costa Rica
2: I couldn't even tell you to be honest it's
1: I think uh, it, it's yeah. more like Central America I, yeah, than, I, right? yeah, yeah I think so
2: yeah it's I mean even like when you went to the Dominican Republic I mean
0: you step off the resort premises oh yeah it's
2: it's a shocker yeah, you know? yeah.
0: um Adam and Brad and a bunch of guys they went surfing in El Salvador. Yeah, I think that's pretty close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually I was listening this morning on the radio, El Salvador, their new president. Man, he cleaned up the country, but it's just like everybody went to jail. Yeah. <laughs> There's like all this collateral damage, like all these yeah. innocent people that um just ended up in prison, but
2: Yeah, it I I remember when I was in college, I in uh, the new school, I had this economics course and the professor was, um, they worked, if, I can't remember if it was the World Bank or whatever. Anyway, they were from Honduras. They were Honduran and they were taught, we were schooled in like third world, developing world economics. And they were talking about how, like when a hurricane hits here, it's devastating. But when a hurricane hits a place like that, it's it could set the country back for like 100 years mm-hmm. literally cuz
1: you lose your economy with all your you lose your
2: economy and then they go yeah. into debt because all you know it's like it's not like we're giving them all this stuff the companies american companies and european companies go in there and help them rebuild and then they're in debt yeah for all yeah. The, and it, it just like so that's part of the cycle of poverty that exists in in these places you know, they they could never, ever really get their head above water. Yeah, come out of it. That's, I've never thought of it that way. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, that was one of the cool things about the new school. It's like, um you ever hear of it? It's in New York. It's like this super, um I mean, they're renowned for being like a real uh, liberal arts, lefty kind of place. But um is that where you went? The new yeah, school? Yeah, that's where I got my degree. I know it's it's like one of these weird places huh. where like you make up your own curriculum. There's not even a like to get a degree. There's no program. You have to put together your own degree program. Wow. your course uh, structure. And most of the professors are from the you know the outside world, and they'll mm. teach a class or two, and then go back to their jobs. And so you get all these really cool perspectives like that. Like I took economics, and that's what we studied. You know, this woman came from Honduras. She, wow. you know, was yeah. like a finance minister or something like that. And we learned all about these
1: things. So you were you were, you could make up your own graduation requirements, kind of. Yes. Wow. It
2: was up to me to make sure that. Classes I had would work out in the real working world.
0: Now, does anyone like, um, like, do you have to create it and then go in front of the dean and say, like, okay, this is these are the classes I plan on taking? And no,
2: I never went to. I never even went to a guidance counselor. Hmm. Um, I mean, they had counselors available yeah. for you, but there's
0: a credit requirement.
2: There's a credit yeah. requirement, and
0: you know, I mean, I guess really that's how it should be. Who cares? <laughs> Let me take what. How many credits is it's 120, 120 usually yeah. yeah let me take my 120 credits and what what do you care if i take biology 104 and right. psych 101 who cares i'm paying the money let me take 120 credits give me a diploma what i'm talking right <laughs> the only thing that they had like prereqs like
2: you couldn't take one you couldn't take an advanced course without yeah. taking a prereq yeah unless you could test into it
1: yeah that was always the thing that bugged me with uh when I was in college is that you had to hit this minimum requirement of a certain amount of classes in certain Mm -hmm. disciplines that, that might not have anything to do with what you're going to do. So you end up like, you know, I used to every semester I would, I would read the class catalog of everything that was offered. And I would find out about these cool classes, whether it be an audio class or a guitar course or a sculptural thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, I would have to, that into a pretty tight schedule because, you know, you had to take these kind of weird electives that, you know, just, I can't even remember them looking back and oh, I yeah. just remember being, you know, having to hit a certain mark and, you know, these areas.
2: Yeah. I mean, I had all kind. I, I have a deg- concentration in history is what it's called. I don't have a degree in history, but I took all these history courses. Like I took a history class about it was called what is history like the writing of history and how it has all these effects on society. Like who wrote history, who determined what's in the books, the victors. (laughs) (laughs) That's the simplest way to put it. (laughs) And, you know, think about it. If you just give a little bit of thought, like what happens to all those stories And, and like, what is the truth and what isn't the truth? And, yeah. Is there multiple truths and mm-hmm. it, it's um, so it was, it's a great place to get an education if you have the right kind of mindset, if you're yeah, curious for sure, um, and, and if you want to ask questions and delve into these deeper subjects. I didn't really know this about the new school. It, it just it happened to be convenient to where I worked. Yep. <laughs> it was in new york i worked in new york um it wasn't cheap i mean it was like a 700 hundred dollar credit school yeah but um it's it's interesting you gotta you gotta i guess like any learning experience you get out of it what you put into it right
1: yeah i just for me it's i'm so blown away by um I, well, I guess it's kind of obvious, but what you can learn on the internet, you know, it's like the,
2: just <laughs> yeah. the jest. he astounds me with what he learns on the internet.
0: That's like the biggest, like, get what you put in thing. You know, you have all of this information at the, at your fingertips and you just, you just need to want to learn it, you know, like want to find out whatever you're trying to find out. Yeah. No, a hundred
1: percent. Everything that I've learned well has been through the internet.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get the old timers who are like, you can't learn this from a YouTube video. I'm like, well, what? I learned basically everything I know from a YouTube video. Yeah, well, it's funny.
1: I went to school for like my I guess my degree was called telecommunications with a, you know, concentration in uh, you know, video technology. I didn't learn like anything. In these <laughs> class, I mean, a little bit. I I got access to Adobe Premiere and, you know, had a handful of lessons on how to make a cut and a you know, in a clip or something like that, adjust an audio level, but nothing that, you know, you couldn't
0: learn in a 15 minute YouTube mm, video. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, you know, people making those videos on YouTube are, pe- that's what they do. You know, they're actually doing that. They're edit- shooting and editing video, whatever. The person teaching you in college, you know, more times than not, their job is they're a teacher mm-hmm. teaching, you know, teaching this class. They're not out there they're not doing hands it for on. real. Yeah.
1: So that's the funny thing about like woodworking and kind of learning it online is like, one of the things I've thought about is there's definitely no substitution for time on the tools and experience, but I think you could be like a younger person and be pretty competent um, where like a lot, I feel like a lot of old timers kind of look at, you know, people, younger guys that are woodworking and like to maybe rag on them or something. But what they probably don't realize is that they, you know, you don't have to put like 30 years into a shop now to, to get the experience that you can mm-hmm. get in two mm-hmm. years with the internet, which is kind of yeah. wild.
2: That's the grumpy
0: old man syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like all you had before was, was books and woodworking books are great, but I couldn't do one. You You have to be a, of a very specific, um, you know, learning type to, to really be able to get a lot out of a book. I mean, it's, yeah. you can learn. It's the, hard. Yeah. Because woodworking is a, it's a physical thing. It's like learning to play football from reading a book. You really can't do it. Um, but it's better, you know, you could learn more watching people play football or watching an instructional instructional video about football um than you could from reading a book. So it's like the same thing with woodworking. Yeah. If yeah. you could see somebody doing it, it's a lot more beneficial than just reading it. For sure. It's like I told you, like when I cut my first dovetail,
2: I learned how to do this from a book. So I cut the pieces. And I'm still looking at it like, how does this go together?
0: They always have those sketches too. Yeah. They're the worst. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. um, I like the more like uh, historical and existential kind of woodworking books than. Yeah. yeah. Like those Taunton Press books, like How to Build Kitchen Cabinets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't read that. No.
1: Yeah. For me, I just, I I don't really. I can't really do books. I don't, I don't like reading that much, but I love watching videos and I really like um, listening to podcasts because you can kind of listen to a podcast and do something that's kind of mindless and Mm -hmm. make it enjoyable. So that's kind of my way for, for learning something new. I'll, I'll find Mm -hmm. like a kind of a neat podcast on, on whatever it is. So like I was just, you know, doing all this, learning all this new CNC stuff. So I started listening to these CNC podcasts and then you kind of get an idea of the, the terminology mm, and the yeah. window. And then once you get that figured out, you can kind of, you know, figure out what's important.
2: Right. Right. You, you hear people inside speaking in the right terms with yeah. the
0: jogging and everything. And mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, who are some of your, the YouTube people that you're watching these days? Um,
1: I've, I've been watching this guy, um, John Grimsmo. He's a knife maker, but he does, uh, he makes knives on a on a CNC machine. So you can watch this guy kind of start. And he starts in his garage with uh like pretty much nothing. And now he's like, I think this guy's knives sell for like fifteen hundred bucks. Mm. And he's got a couple employees, big shop, and he's out in Canada. Watch him a lot. Um, as far as like uh woodworking YouTube goes, I obviously watch my dad. Um but I think one of like lately or in the past couple of months, one of my favorite uh, guys to watch has been Mike Farrington I don't know if you guys are familiar with him
0: yeah I've watched it I I haven't watched it in a long time but um, I have watched him in the past he seemed like a good one like he actually you know because a lot of these guys don't really seem like they know what they're doing but he he definitely does Mm -hmm.
1: so I like Mike Farrington I like um, I don't know I haven't been watching a lot of woodworking videos lately but yeah you gotta gotta, like sort through them to, to find the right ones for sure
2: yeah. No names, but have you changed your opinion on some people that you watch now that you've got like shop time 100%. under your belt? You're yeah. like, oh my God, I, I got get rid of this guy. Yeah. That, well, that's
1: why I started on, uh, that's why I, I kind of have been more active on Instagram. Cause I was like, wow, I, I want some of this free stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's, it's, it's crazy to like, to see, uh, to see like some people that like, uh, just like kind of have like these wild shops and they're you know it's like that tens of thousands of dollars of tools and there's they're they're not really like authorities on uh you know the thing and i'm i'm definitely by no means any authority on any of that stuff but um
2: yeah that's the first step is acknowledgement yeah because that's like us too you know what i mean we do it but you know what do we know (laughs) <laughs> we know more than some and not yeah. as much as others. That's true. <laughs> well,
1: I felt that I started working at a, I graduated in the spring and then I, I went into like a, a job as a full-time video editor and did that for like two months is pretty burnt out. So I left that job and kicked around for, you know, two or three weeks. And at that point I was really into, you know, woodworking and making things. So I was like, Oh, I'll go work at a shop for a while and see what that's like. And, uh, I started at this cabinet shop and within like 15 minutes of my first day, it was so, I was like, wow, I don't know anything. Like it was, it kind of hit, like, I was hit with a wall of just like, you know, realization that I didn't, you know, know anything. That's good though, because a
0: lot of people, yeah. you know, think they know more than they actually know. Well, I definitely did. I thought like I walked that's in, the, that's the common disease. Well, they, they hold on to that. Yeah.
1: I walked in pretty confident with my tools and everything. And then uh, I was just like, wow, I can't, work like these guys at all you know it's kind of neat to like be to realize
0: that yeah i mean being in that position is necessary to to progress as um someone who makes things i mean i guess really for doing anything um it was like the same thing for me i started out as a carpenter and i just got thrown in i i didn't even have anybody really to teach me anything and it's just like all right, I guess I got to figure this out. Go over there and do that. Yeah. Like put casing around this window. I'm like, okay, i never done that before. Let me
2: look at this other window to see how yeah. it goes on.
0: Yeah. Um, and I've said it before. It was always like that fear of being found out that I didn't know what I was doing. That drove me to, to learn, mm-hmm. you know, learn more. Um,
2: it's good to be curious. Yeah. Yeah. Good to be hungry. I think so. Yeah. Um, just in, in general, you know, once you get complacent in life, I mean, not that you have to be like totally striving 100% all the time, but just in general, I think that it's good to be, um, you know, on your tiptoes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you don't want to get stagnant. That's why I left that ultimately left that shop after three months because I was kinda doing the same thing every day and it was trying oh, to get yeah. any information from anyone was like pulling teeth and I was oh, like, hey, I gotta gotta get
0: out of here. You know, and it was the right move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, over there, I mean, you guys are always doing different all kinds of different stuff. I mean you're doing like the industrial manufacturing for those I don't want to say too much, but you know, for those uh you guys make those plastic things. Um I don't want to speak cryptically because people are gonna have no <laughs> idea what I'm talking about. But you guys do a lot of different stuff. You're doing, you know, from the retail, you know, curved retail benches to um, you know, making things for these industrial applications. Like you guys are doing all kinds of stuff, sculptural yeah. stuff. And-
1: yeah, it's and it's cool. It's a it's a good environment. It's a good, it's a really good group of people where you can, you know probably, you can be the type of person that wants to, you know, learn and do stuff. And that's, you know, met
2: with. It's valued over there.
1: Yeah. We're like, it's, it's, uh, you know, I think that's a common thing in shops though. I've talked to a lot of, you know, I have some friends that work in trades and some, I know a lot of people now through Instagram and you guys, um, who work in shops and have worked in shops. And I think it's a common thing for a shop to to be kind of like a, a negative place, you know, at least a, <laughs> like
2: a, a cabinet shop, you know, or whatever. Oh, we worked in one of those places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so they grind you down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, you know, it's because it's a business, you know, at the end of the day, and that is that hanging over some people's heads makes for an uncomfortable mix of, You know, work and time management and, um, you know, your value as a person and as a worker. Yep. Uh, eh, you know, that's, there's a lot of stress involved in, in running a business that doesn't always come out in the, in the best way with some people. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I mean we have the same stresses here you just try and deal with it differently. Yeah, well the, the nice thing too is it's it's
1: um it seems like you guys have a lot of like nice variety at work. You know, it seems like yeah, I know you're doing the boxes again, but it I when I go through your Instagram it's, you know, it's always something new.
0: Yeah, we do a lot of we do a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, I don't know. You saw we had those four flower boxes out there, which Mm -hmm. have like those CNC car bezels and octagonal wooden box, and uh, the thing that Rob built for the church with this crazy back altar with all this, um, the laser cut fretwork, laser cut fretwork, and then big coat closet. I mean, I just drew up a bunch of like uh, powder coated steel stuff this morning for somebody, um. And then there's the, those, those bedside tables, a, a simple little design. Yeah. yeah. So like the full gamut of, I mean, we've been lucky that we've um, sort of carved a niche for ourselves um, as being guys who can execute these things that maybe other shops can't, you know, or maybe just don't, don't, don't want, want, to. want to. Yeah.
2: Like the, even like the countertop, it's kind of a straightforward thing. Mm-hmm. But it's a solid wood countertop that's like eleven feet by a little over four feet. Got a sink cut out in it. Yeah, it's got, I mean it's it's three hours away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you got one shot to do it. So when you do that, do you uh, <laughs> is right. it against the wall? Of this
1: countertop, or is it just on like an island?
0: <laughs> this was an island,
1: so that's kind of nice, though, because you don't have to worry about scribing. Right? Oh
0: yeah, yeah. So we did a, a maple. We didn't build the maple one. Um, The clients, they just wanted a maple butcher block. And um, so we spec'd out a bally block. Um, And that was to three walls. We got lucky with that one, though. Yeah. It just, it was no scribing, really. Just, you know, had an angled cut on one side because the walls a little bit out. And and it went right in. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, the island, man. The thing was big.
2: But that's... I mean, we know of a, a similar kind of counter that was being built that it did not go well at another place. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, I got news on that yesterday.
2: <laughs> because they tried to do, they try, you know, you can't, yeah, you can't, you can't try and it. beat the system all the time. You can't try and game the system. You know what I mean? There's people who've done... Woodworking for a longer time than we have, and they've proven certain ways work. Mm -hmm. So, so do it. You know, yeah. (laughs) Somebody already made the map. You know, don't try and forge through the forest with a machete,
0: especially if you're not, you know, (laughs) equipped. That's right. To be coming up with new theories on woodworking.
2: Right, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the top went in It said we had the right reveals, mm-hmm. sink fit, you know, and it's, yeah. it's it was pretty
0: flat, you know, we built it a while ago, it stayed flat. Clients were happy. Yeah. Yeah, we'll take, uh, still got to price out those barn doors for them, but we'll take another trip out there, I think, um, know, six weeks, seven weeks or so, they want us back out there. Yeah. Is that uh, that uh, Hamptons yeah, kitchen? Yeah. yeah, nice. It's a hike. Yeah, Friday was a long day, and we yeah. were only on site for what three hours, four hours. Yeah,
2: yeah. Because it's it, it's still a twelve-hour day, but no
0: matter how you shake it out, mm-hmm. it's a twelve-hour day. Yeah, if you only work six hours, because mm-hmm. it's three hours there, at least three hours back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually coming back, it's it's more. Yeah, so we left at, what, four in the morning. Mm-hmm. We got out there about 7.40. So three yeah. hours and 40 minutes out there. Yeah, yeah. Was, we hit that traffic, like an hour's worth of traffic. Yeah. And we left at 11, and we stopped at war shower, but we got back here at, what, three? Yeah. So it was probably yeah, about the same bag. Yeah,
1: that was always my... uh that was my least favorite part about working at that cabinet shop. I worked at cause I would do a lot of deliveries and I, I just like being in the shop. I don't, I don't want to go anywhere.
0: Oh yeah. You preach in <laughs> the choir.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we hate going places. Yeah. So we're actually, we're building a couple little nightstands and they're go, getting shipped out to Utah. So that's cool. You know? Yeah. So how do you,
1: how do you prep that shipment for, uh, delivery
0: um they're pretty small so they're 20 inches wide 16 inches deep and nine inches high they're just like little floating Mm nightstands so we'll just box them up there's two of them we'll put you know in individual boxes and just getting shipped ups ground wow nice Yeah. yeah yeah that was cool yeah the the designer was like uh i forget forget how it went down, but I I was like, yeah, you know, we could do it for this price or this much, uh, um, shipped because I thought it was in North Jersey and she's like, oh, they're going to Park City, Utah. I'm like, oh, (laughs) I'm like, it's going to be a little bit extra for shipping. I'm like, it's a little further than I was expecting because yeah, any opportunity to sell a job as, as just delivered and not installed.
2: Yeah. We love that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm, that's why I'm, I'm trying to get into, I think, going forward, doing my own stuff. I'm going to just get into smaller things that are easy to pick up and mm-hmm. throw them in a box, send them through the mail.
0: Yeah. Yeah, freestanding stuff. Um, install really just takes the wind out of your sails.
1: Yeah, I mean, I haven't done much of that, but I would
0: imagine it's probably pretty nerve-wracking, too. Yeah, it never goes as planned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's very stressful in that you have to, you got to figure out how to make it work. And, and sometimes it's, you know, better than others, but
2: like the cabinets,
0: yeah. Down in the Hamptons. I'm, I'm not sure if we talked about it on the show, but so we have, um, these wall units that, uh, they go into these niches. There's a bump out in the center where the fireplace is and they fit into these niches. Um, so we built a cabinet, I forget what an inch or an inch and a half smaller than the opening, then the face frame is long to be scribed, and the top is long to be scribed. When We get down there to put them in. Um, they wanted us to put them in before the floors were done and then take them back out. Well, they case the doors, or the door, you know, the uh, trimmed openings that are adjacent to it, and all of a sudden the geometry didn't work anymore, <laughs> so you couldn't, oh, you couldn't, slide
2: it yeah. in and you couldn't get it in at an oh, angle. Oh man.
0: So wow. we're like power playing in the back corner of the thing off and we ended up getting them in but you yeah. know something that should have just been literally 30 seconds to just push it in yeah. but now it's 30 minutes and mm-hmm.
2: and still and everybody's watching yeah yep. <laughs>
0: that's funny. And you know even when it's like not like a mistake I mean it's a mistake but nobody did anything wrong. You still feel like the client is like looking at you like, you you know, you fucked up the cabinets. Yeah. Know? That's
1: always weird. I remember one time we had to like, uh, I was doing this delivery with these cabinets and the, 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 um, you know, customers looking at it, like really excited to see it. And then we realized they weren't going to fit through the door. So then we're like taking off the door and she's like, Oh, why are you taking off the door? And then we're taking off the railing going down the stairs. And it's always like a, you know, kind of, uncomfortable
2: thing oh yeah yeah um and sometimes it's like what uh in Seabright we had to lift that cabinet up oh yeah <laughs> there's always something I yeah. mean installs uh, you know we'd be happy if we never had to leave the shop I think
1: yeah yeah that's my whole goal that's uh, you know that's what I hope to be able to do one day
2: that, the you know have an install team some people like that yeah. 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 Peter. I mean, like when I was a caterer. Peter's gonna be our guy. Yeah. I used to love going out on site. I didn't like being in the kitchen in the shop. I could imagine that being in the kitchen is kinda tough all day. Yeah, you know, it's you're just making recipes and stuff like that for six hundred people and this and that. And uh where on site it's it's the event. Yeah, there's a social element to it. Yeah, and Um, you know, you have to pull it off and so it's sort of like game day kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's kind of like with video, I used to do a lot of freelance video. I I did a video for you guys, I think, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, but that was like, I always really liked editing, but I didn't really love having to drive somewhere, you know, and like set everything up and all that stuff.
2: Yeah. We talked about doing like the, the lower level gigs. Yeah, Where you got to yeah, like yeah. break down, set up, break down and then set up again. It's the, Yeah. Jeff's got the best expression. The juice isn't worth the squeeze. Yeah. Especially if you're a drummer.
1: Like I went to a show, I went to see a friend play the other day and I saw the the drummer after kind of starting to get his stuff together mm-hmm. and I was like, "Wow, that looks so heavy and <laughs> just so much work."
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. He I mean, even playing guitar, I mean, you got to haul your amp, you got to carry yeah. your Got to bring two guitars. Well, you know, in case you break a string, you got to have a backup going. You got pedals. You got you know, bag full of chords. Mm -hmm. Got to get some roadies. I'm done with that. You know, (laughs) I really... um, I mean, I love the the performance part of it, but I don't want to deal with any of the other stuff. Yeah, I'm surprised more places
1: don't have like a a house amp and drum set that's always... Set up. I'm always pretty surprised when I see, like you know, when you go and see a, a, a show at a small place where there's yeah. going to be three or four bands. It it always shocks me when I see
2: no the, backline. Yeah,
1: like the drummers are you know the drum kit's getting changed out, or, or at least a good portion of it is every mm-hmm. every act.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean that's like like I'll play the pony. That's a nice place to, they have a sound man. Yep, they have you get a sound check. There's a side door. You walk right in, put your stuff right there at backstage. I mean, it's super easy and chill. I don't want to go play at a bar and grill where I got to wade through customers eating dinner. That's that's not for
0: me anymore. Yeah, I could understand that. We got to remember Tommy G's playing. Oh, yeah. On the 15th. We got to go check him out. Yeah. At some place in Union Beach. Yeah, it's right here. Hmm. Yeah, we got a buddy, Tommy G, Manhattan stained glass. He's a he. He's he a does, master. Yeah, he, he really is stained glass work. That's cool. Like worked on Frank Lloyd Wright stained glass and stuff. Uh, yeah. It's him and his son, they're they're masters of the craft. Um, but he's a musician. And he I plays guess, bass. I think. Yeah, somebody in his band, I think, lives like right around uh-huh. here, right, and they rehearse down here but the last time he was out here, we missed him. Hmm. Yeah. And you'll have to let us know none of those 11 o'clock shows.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. That means you go on a one. Yeah. That's <laughs> tough. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost ready to get up. I'm closer to yeah. getting ready to get up than go to bed at one o'clock in the morning.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I woke up at two to, for the Hamptons the other day. It was like nothing. I'm like, really? This wow. Like two hours yeah. earlier than I usually wake up.
1: You typically get up at four? Four o'clock.
0: Wow.
2: Yeah. I get up at four today.
0: Seven as well. days a
1: week.
2: Yeah. Oh, really? I just like You can't the, change. Yeah. If you get up at four, you can't not get up. Like, if I sleep in, it's till like 4.30. What time are you going <laughs> to bed then?
0: Uh, like, I probably fall asleep, realistically, before 9 o'clock. So yeah. yeah, so you're, yeah, that's me too. wild. Your day's yeah.
1: almost done. Oh, yeah.
0: No, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. crazy. We put my son to bed at 7.30 after that. That's it. I'm not leaving yeah. the house. I'm not, after work, I'm not leaving the house. Yeah. Unless absolutely necessary. Bedtime is eight thirty for me. That's crazy. That's like,
1: <laughs> it's like when my day's kind of shutting down. <laughs> but I don't go to bed that late either. I just can't go to. I can't sleep before eleven
2: o'clock. Yeah, just, I used to be a real night owl. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, me too. But I've. I mean, I value the time in the morning before the wife gets up to have to myself. I need some peace of mind. So, like. I used to stay up later than her, so I could have that time, yeah. you know, but now I needed to find that that time somewhere else. I can't mm-hmm. stay up later than her anymore, yeah. so I had to get start getting up earlier and earlier, and wound yeah. up four o'clock is the is the sweet spot,
0: yeah, that's how it was for me too <laughs> like i I used to wake up I don't even know five thirty or something mm-hmm. this is only going back a couple couple of years. And then it was five and then it was 4.30 and then now it's four o'clock. Yeah.
1: So what time will you kind of start on a typical day here?
0: Whew. Well, since we moved here, I usually leave the house at about six. Yeah. So I'm only 10 minutes up the road. And I leave yeah. at
1: 6.30. That's nice. Yeah. You you guys are really cool. I think I've actually drove past the van going to work once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: funny. Yeah, I mean, I like I prefer starting early, you know, rather than staying late. Yeah, I don't think you. I don't like. I don't do good work at,
1: you know, when it gets later in the day. It's diminishing returns. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I think you're more likely to get hurt too.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, today it was like I looked at my watch. I'm like, damn, it's only eight o'clock. I'm like, I got a lot done. You know, like (laughs) I finished so much work between whatever six thirty and eight o'clock. Yeah, I usually get. It usually takes me about an hour
2: to get rolling, and then the next hour is very productive mm-hmm. um, i I remember that from school too. I mean studying like you you can only remember so much stuff you can only study for so long before the time you spend isn't yeah. as productive. so
0: yeah. I used to like be really structured, yeah. You sure about that? <laughs> are you sure about that? I just, I wanted sure to, I just wanted to use that sound. Yeah. I was looking for an opportunity. How are we doing on time? I've been going for an hour and 15. We don't no. want to hold you up here all night. No. Um, yeah. It's almost bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> we started late. Um,
2: yeah. I mean, we get up early, we go to bed early. It's just, the clock has just shifted around.
0: We don't really sleep any more or less than yeah, most yeah. people. Yeah, yep. I slept um, till about six on Saturday, but for, you know Friday was it's a hell of a day. Yeah, I don't even use an alarm clock. Really? Yeah. Wow. Just that you're just that. I just used get to up the cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't trust myself that much. Me neither. <laughs> I have not my alarm. It's like a puzzle, <laughs> yeah. and it's like five rounds where, like, it's a grid. I don't even know, six by six and like five squares light up and then they disappear and then you have to recall it. Oh, really?
2: I'd never be able to shut down. So there's no way
0: I could like fall back asleep. Is that an app? Yeah, it's called uh, Alarmy. Oh, wow. I have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah, it works great. Yeah, Alarmy. A-L-A-R-M-Y. And they have different, you know, you could set different difficulty levels and durations. You can make it so that you can snooze it. I like my wife, you know, I hear the alarm start going off like 530. I leave. She's still asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why? Just wake up. You know, if you're, if you don't want to wake up till six, just set the alarm for six. Yeah. Yep. But different personalities. Yeah. I
2: got my routine. I kind of, kind of fell into it. Yeah, it's funny.
1: I always uh I feel like since I started working in shops, I've I've slept better because I'm kind of walking around all day. Mm, you know, even if yeah. it's not phys- that mm-hmm. that it's not like uh, doing anything crazy physical, but just being on your feet all day I think helps you just fall asleep at the end of the day.
2: Oh, yeah. I I probably fall asleep in 10 minutes.
1: Yeah. I mean- I'm not there yet, but I'm
2: I'm within, you know, a half hour, which is nice. If if I feel like I'm not quite ready to fall asleep, I'll read. I always have a book next to the bed and I'll read a chapter. I'm smart. And then next thing you know, it's like, oh, I'm tired, man. I'm Yeah, it bites out. <laughs> yeah. Or sometimes I think I'm gonna read. Yep. And I climb into bed. I'm like, oh man, this is comfortable. Let me just put my head <laughs> down here and boom. <laughs> Jeff's nodding in agreement mm. there. He knows that. Yep. <laughs>
0: Yeah. My wife will look over. I'm just asleep. Yeah. Just.
2: <laughs> Sometimes my wife says, oh, you want me to put, like, she'll put on like this, like, what kind of music would you call like it you'd have, like when you're getting a massage, you know, like that kind
0: uh, of. Yeah. Um, I know what you're talking about. Like yeah. that relaxation. Kind yeah. Yeah. Whale say,
2: sounds. You want me to come up and put some music on? i like, <laughs> don't even waste you don't your time. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> You want a glass of warm milk?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll be asleep before you get upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. fall asleep while I'm trying to find something on YouTube to watch. I like pause for a second and I do not even realize I just fall asleep.
1: Yeah. My new trick is I listen to a uh, podcasts with the, the shutoff timer. Mm-hmm. And I'll set it for like 45 minutes. And that way I know if I, if I fall asleep before that, Timer cuts, then I'm within mm-hmm. that window. Oh
0: yeah. Well, what do you think? Yeah, let's wrap her up. Well, we appreciate you coming out, Walter.
2: Yeah, thanks for having
0: me. Yeah, this is a good episode. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we we'll have to do it again. Um, we're not under such a tight time con. Well, not time constraint, but yeah, we we get a little bit of an earlier start.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I'm that it was like a five minute not even drive to here i didn't realize yeah. the shops are that close they oh, are yeah man, it's crazy
0: yeah we drove uh well kind of by the shop on the per the parade on uh, yeah <laughs> the saint patty's day parade um, i saw that that's cool that was fun now we got the memorial day parade we gotta get more candy for that one yeah yeah six pounds you're just up.
1: throwing it out of the sprinter as you're driving by.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. It's a little nerve wracking, like being the driver because there's like kids everywhere and you they kind of like yeah, they they running come
2: running right to the, to the car. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then, you know, sometimes you throw it and it you know, <laughs> doesn't go as far as you hope. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> man, I'm like, get, get some little kid killed. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna try this. We're gonna try outro music on the on the thing. All right, let's hear it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. As always, Rob and I thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next week. If you want to help support the podcast, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Again, we appreciate your support. Thanks for tuning in.